Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Empire. Hello and welcome to my podcast. Do me a favor, subscribe to the John Conn Report wherever you get your podcast. If you're watching on YouTube, like button, subscribe button. You can find us there as part of Empire Media. It's A-M-P-I-R-E. As you can see, if you're watching now, I am joined by Sam Fortier from the Washington Post who loves when I say welcome to my podcast. I know he does, so he gets a big kick out of it. Um, anyway, Sam, we're here today to talk about another quarterback move. And just obviously there's one game left. They're out of the playoffs you know, what's left to play for. But I do think when you see Sam Howell out there, there's a little bit, at least some intrigue for Washington fans. First of all, were you surprised at the way this came about and how it, and, and the, and, and the decision? First of all, I love when you say welcome to my podcast, because I know that that has been a refined technique over the last 50 years. And so you've absolutely nailed it by now. <laughs> um, but no, that's all the time we have here, folks. <laughs> Uh, no, but seriously, uh, I was not surprised. And Sam even said this during his news conference. And, and Sam is saying it right now that uh, when you're out of playoff contention, when you're playing for nothing but the future, the fifth round quarterback that you took, who is probably the only viable franchise quarterback on your roster. And I would even put an asterisk on that. You just want to see what he has, you know, especially because the last time you saw him was in the final preseason game at Baltimore. He did some things there that that impressed you, but there were a there was a lot to be desired. And I know the the Howellians, as you've called them, which I really do enjoy. I know they're pretty fired up about this game, and they should be. I would have tempered expectations, but certainly, you know, when you're talking about what this game means. It's all about 2023, so do that. It is, and I agree with you. I would have tempered expectations just because he hasn't played in the game before. This is not exactly the easiest defense for a rookie quarterback to play against. I mean, they're, I think it's 10th in yards per pass, passing yards per game, third and is it sixth in, sixth in interceptions, third in sacks. I got it. That's true media. That's true media. Anyway, so anyway, but there, it's a really difficult defense to play for. So what do you think – we can judge from what he, I guess we have to wait and see, but what do you, what are you going to look for most when watching him play? The other caveat I would put on here is we should expect to see a lot of younger guys around him as well. Chris Paul will probably be at guard. We'll probably see a heavy dose of snaps for Cole Turner at tight end, maybe Armani Rogers or Curtis Hodges. If those guys are healthy enough to play. Uh, so I would say that's another caveat, but the things that I'll be looking for to tell like, Hey, where has Sam Howell grown? What progress have we seen since the preseason will be in his timing? Because the thing that they talked about that was the biggest difference coming from North Carolina was how does he sink his hitches, his drops 
to those routes. You know, some routes you drop back and you throw it off your first hitch. Some routes you, you drop back and you throw off your second hitch. And that timing is really key. And I think Carson Wentz kind of illustrated the value in that by not doing it last week. And, and I think that you could argue, is that a Scott Turner thing? you know, because they maybe set him up in a more difficult position. But I think really that just underlined how critical those things are to this offense. And so for Sam Howell, can he do that consistently? And I think to that point, and one of the things that I did actually had an interview with Sam on the podcast last month, just to kind of on his progress. And he said, one of the things he didn't have, like at, at North Carolina, the footwork, it was pretty much the same for every route. So he didn't really have to vary it. And they've talked here where sometimes he'd get a little bit lazy with the footwork because it's so new. So I do think like, that's a big thing. I, and to your point about all the young guys playing, going, going back to the decision, if I'm Taylor Heineke, it's reason number one, why I don't want to play. I, I think if I'm him, I don't, there's nothing to be gained there's nothing of value to come from Heineke himself playing. You can only get to free agency maybe in a negative situation. Whereas for Howell, there's a lot that can be learned and just that he can build on this. Win or lose, whatever happens for him, there's stuff that he can build on, right? Yeah, and I think for Taylor, if you're him and you say, okay, you thought this offense needed a spark and you went to Carson and now you want me to come in and clean up the mess? You know, I think that there's another element to that as well. And so... Yeah, for me, when you know Taylor said that he wasn't mad that he's not going to be starting this game, that he had a conversation with Ron this morning. I know initially there was some, you know, there was there was an idea that maybe it would be Taylor and then go to Sam. But it sounds to me like Taylor was not upset at all about this decision. Maybe even you know push for it. Um, and and so I think that everybody is probably excited to see Sam. Right. And to be clear, they were going to go with the Heineke Howell split, and I think Rivera it. it you know, on Tuesday, it's what you heard they were leaning toward. On in the morning, it's what you heard they were gonna that the expectation. I think the more Ron Rivera talked to people, including Heineke, Howell, and other team leaders, that the the push was more for Sam Howell. What do you think that says, if anything? I think it's it sort of goes back to respect for Taylor in, in one hand, and I think also everybody understands where they're at. You know, no one is thinking that. We can make the playoffs on Sunday or or that this game means anything to anyone of note other than maybe, you know, you're picking up some some bonuses in your contract or you're developing for for next season. So and I think everyone understands this team does not view Taylor as a starter. It will almost certainly not bring back Carson Wentz like everybody gets the deal. And so, hey, like if you're it's kind of like that thing, like if you're going to do it, just lean in, just do it 100 percent. And I agree, because I think there's some intrigue in what he can do. In what role? I think that's what they want to find out, and that that's where that's where. What do you remember about watching him this summer? Is it? Do you, what do you when you look back on that? What is your? What was your? What were some of your takeaways that you recall? The, the number one thing being, you know, him adapting to the NFL. You know, kind of going from that air raid offense that he had in North Carolina under Phil Longo, and, and I thought they did a lot of good things there. The thing really that stood out there was, you know, one of those two minute drills where I remember he really struggled to get them down the field. But other than like the hiccups and kind of the nitpicks that I have, I mean, he's a really exciting player. You know, he he's mobile. Uh, he has a really live arm, you know, the, the connection, even with uh, Deami Brown, I, th- I thought those things were really fun. I think one of the big things, especially against this defensive line that Ron talked about today also is, can he get the ball out quickly? Because if, if he doesn't see his first read, sometimes he'll hang on it. And that you know, we'll give defenses opportunities to beat him up. And as we've seen with Taylor, as we saw with Carson, as we've seen with, you know, there were two running backs out at practice today, Jarrett Patterson and Jonathan Williams. A lot of these guys, 
when you play their physical style, when you, you know, gap scheme run like they do, it's a physical, brutal game. And so I, I think Sam Howell's got to do his best to avoid that. And and you have to avoid that with Micah Parsons coming at you and Dan Quinn, who does a great job of, of creative pressure up front. And that's where they're going to be. The challenge is going to be. But I am like what I'm looking for, too, is he does play when you watch him in Carolina. He did play with some swag. And he did, you know, he can create with his legs. So can he do that? And, you know, he almost feels like, and I know the the it's kind of a cliche to say this now, but he's almost like a, a more athletic, stronger arm version of Taylor Heineke. The way he plays and his his build is about, or his size is about the same. He's got, his build is different, but his size is the same. And I think part of it too is that he's got a, he's a little bit stronger, lower body. How does that play into it? If guy hits him, I don't know that you're going to have Micah bouncing off him, but you know what I mean? Like there's a little bit more that maybe he can resist because of it, but I am curious to see what does that, is that a spark that he can provide um, with that? And, it, and not just not so much about winning or losing this game, but just kind of give some energy to the offense, just like Taylor. Right. I mean, he's not like thick, like, no. With five C's like Russell Wilson or right. anything like that, but he certainly, he's strong, but he's strong. He he's strong. got a strong lower body. That's because he's like two twenty, and it's kind of solid. You know what I mean? That's and there's just, but but to your point about his swagger, I think the thing that I noticed just the demeanor, especially in the last two weeks. Obviously, you know we know what Taylor is, and and I think we all love talking to that guy just because he, he's he's very insightful and he's real and he's down to earth. I think the difference that I saw with Sam, and maybe it's. You know, maybe he's just a little different because he's not a seven-year vet like Carson. But today it was, hey, what are your expectations or what do you want from Sunday? And he just said, win. And that to me, you know, just the the short, you know, quick, this, I I know exactly what I want to do. Yes, I want to prove things to myself. Yes, I want to get better and go out there and show my teammates I can do this and I can be the guy. But the number one goal is is win. And that sounds so basic, but at the same time, it was, it was pretty refreshing. Do you think we've seen, I mean, the last of Carson, I think is a given. Right. So what about Taylor? That is a fascinating question, because to me, that question is, what do you pay Taylor Heineke? And if you look at some of the backup quarterback contracts that were given out the last couple of years, you know, that might be more than you're willing to pay. He obviously is a very high end number two. Uh, he, he's extremely familiar with Scott Turner's scheme. I think that he has proven his value beyond question here. And it is not necessarily his fault that just after a certain amount of time, defenses figure him out or his body breaks down. Those things are given. But if you have a situation which so many teams around the league have had, you know, when your starting quarterback goes down, I saw a stat today, Field Yates, your colleague, tweeted out 65 different starting quarterbacks this year, which is, I believe, the most in the NFL since like 1970 or something, since the merger. Quarterback injuries, for whatever reason, I think are up or or teams are moving on from them. And having a valuable stopgap is is invaluable. So I think, you know, for, for them to retain Heineke is is probably important, but I I do question what the price point would be. I agree. And I think the other thing is, will he want to come back after these last couple of weeks and just, you know, do, does he feel like they're trying to scapegoat him or not? And that, that I think that will all play into his decision whether or not he wants to come back versus I think if I'm them, I want him back for that reason. They're 12, 11 and one with him the last two years two and seven with everybody else starting. So it's not just because or in spite of him, but that's, but it shows that with him as he's a good backup, you come in, you can hold the fort down, you can win. And yeah, you need other stuff around you, but he did do that. And this year, five, three and one, and then just kind of the, the offense kind of ran out of steam. And then it really, it's not on him. It's on Carson Wentz and, and the staff, the staff, and Wentz not getting it done. So, you know, I don't blame him, but, you know, I'll be curious to see if, if that it would be, if he would want to come back too. 
it's tough, right? Because I feel like he is so, his identity is so enmeshed in the city. You know, it's where he came back. It's where he's had this great story and he's, he's accomplished a lot. You know, he was out of the league and, and I know everybody talks about him being on his sister's couch, but uh, I, I think that this guy, if he decides to leave, has certainly earned the agency to say, Hey, I'm going to go hold the clipboard or hold down the fort for, for somebody else and try to get, you know, uh, the, the Chad Henney career. Um, and, and I think that, you know, you have to respect that. I think if, if you're a commanders fan, though, obviously like commanders fans will, uh, it seems like always have love for him because even after that first series on Sunday, they were calling for him after Carson went through that pick. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's easy to root for a guy, a fan, for a guy who maxes out. You don't feel like he's got all this talent and he's wasting. You feel like he's squeezing everything out of it and that people respond to it. We get that. So that's I think that's always been a good thing. With Howell, you know, he's a fifth-round pick. And I know they always talk about, hey, he, he may have been a first-round pick if he had come out the previous year, et cetera, et cetera. Well, he didn't, so he wasn't. So do you view him as how do you how did you view him coming out of the draft? I know they liked him before the draft. But they still was fifth round pick. So how do you view him? Do you view him as that, or do you view him as someone like, hey, maybe he's better than that because of what we saw the previous year? Well, I think it, this is a tough question because I feel like he does have undeniable physical talents that you want to see developed, that you want to see what he's capable of. But at the same time, even if he were a first round pick, I, I do sort of take that caveat because when I was at the Senior Bowl in Mobile, Alabama last year, everybody was talking about this is a weak quarterback draft class. Even the top guy, Malik Willis is still rawer than Josh Allen was when he was coming out of Wyoming. So even if he had been a first round pick, I still would have questioned the validity to that because you look around, you know, Desmond Ritter, Kenny Pickett, some of these other first round picks that are playing Kenny Pickett to me, hasn't shown that he is going to be a franchise guy. And he was the first one taken of him. So a fifth round pick, a first round pick. I mean, I know draft status matters and, and certainly it matters in your contract value and what sort of opportunities you get later on in your career. That's been proven out time and time again, but I don't have, this guy is going to be the future of the franchise uh, expectations right away. Right. And I don't think any, I don't think you should, because for that reason, I think what we've heard all year is that, you know, yes, they've, they've liked his progress, pleased with his progress, intrigued by him, but nobody's sitting there saying, just wait for the future. Like, I think there's intrigue. Yeah. And and so like the question to me is because you don't want to get swayed by result, right? Like if your process is how much are we going to read into these four quarters? Because Ron Rivera left open the idea to me. It's he was suggesting today that Sam could be the guy they bet on going into next season. He could be the quarterback that they say, hey, we actually don't have to address this position. 2023 week one starter. It's Sam Howell. And, and that's really tough for me because you're going to have to, you're going to, these four quarters are going to be instrumental. How much are you going to read into them? I could totally see, you know, an argument for both sides. I don't mean to disparage either one, but if you're going to make that gamble, you have to be very confident that right. he can keep developing. And I, my thing would be, I'm if you, if he goes out and, and plays great, I think that's great. I'm still going to look for more competition. It doesn't mean you have to mortgage everything. He's like, you know what? This kid showed us something. You don't have to mortgage the future to go get certainly Derek Carr or someone like that. 
So I think it at least gives you a, something to build on while you're still also looking for more competition for him. I think the other, you know, the other thing that'll be um, interesting with him is just, you know, what if he goes out and has a great game? What are people going to say then? He's like, wait a minute. <laughs> now, and I will say the how wellians are going to be how we they're going to be how wellying all night. Yeah. But it's not really set up for him to have that because of who might be missing. But what if he goes out and does that? I mean, that's that's a great question. I think then you're probably less incentivized to go out and get competition like a Derek Carr because you already gave up, you know, a, a fair amount of draft capital for Wentz. And I don't think I, I could be wrong. And obviously it's January 4th when we're recording this, but I can't see them falling in love with a, a quarterback prospect in the draft again. And they probably won't be in position to get the Bryce Young, the CJ Stroud. And even if they wanted to, they would take a, a haul to move up. So I'm going into this offseason thinking like Sam Howell is not a perfect prospect, not a perfect answer, but he might be the best answer that you have unless you're also willing to say, okay, like a second and a third or, or whatever the trade competition ends up being to take on Derek Carr. Well, I think the other thing is you can, and you bring up the rookie class and this is going to be an interesting game because you can get a better draft pick, you know, if Dallas wins. And I think at this point, that's what I would want, but um, you can also then compare it. Like if how, depending on how he plays, do you need to go get a guy in the first round if he's sitting there or does how give you the ability to go get a veteran to come in knowing that you have something more to build off of. But the other thing I'm wondering about there too, if he does go out and play, then they're going to be, be people saying, see, I should have, I told you they should have put him in three weeks ago and blah, 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 blah. And I would say, Hey, maybe you're right. But I don't know that we're going to see that, but you know what I'm saying? Like, you know how people are going to get, and it's like, you know, if Rivera had listened to me, you know, so. Are you prepared to eat crow on the pod? No. <laughs> I was going to say, I, it's not, called the John listen, Conner report. It's, it's called that. I'm what I'm going to do is I'm just going to lie and say, I told you that I've, <laughs> I've been backing you guys up. <laughs> that's no, I would say like, Hey, you know, but I, I also think guys play at the right time sometimes in that development. Now, a few weeks ago, he's probably about the same as he is now. You know what I mean? So maybe, but you see all these other guys coming in Brock Purdy's of the world, I think have been benefited from um, having Kyle oh, Shannon. I was going to say that's, 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 that's the number Kyle, one thing. That's the number one thing. And like watching Kyle is a, is a master class in how to, to work with the rookie quarterback, give him time, space to throw, et cetera. So last thing, what else are you looking for from this game? Other, Any other players that you're saying, curious to see him? I mean, it's hard not to say Chris Paul, the offensive guard, because Ron Rivera, I think at least probably every week for the last six or seven weeks has unprompted hyped him up, even though they've made him inactive every game. He's been like, but Chris Paul, he's going to be a player. And every time I think like, if he's going to be a player, why, why not make him active? You know, why not make him the swing guard? But uh, at the same time, you know, I, we're going to see him. And, and so I'm very curious to see where his development is at, especially because that position has been such a, a problem for them this year, particularly getting both of, you know, Trey Turner and Andrew Norwell in space, which I think, even when you ha even I know you were not trying to do the same thing uh, when Brian Robinson came back, but you know you really lost a lot of the outside zone, some of the attacking the edges stuff because you couldn't get your guards out there. So I think Chris Paul, not to put all of that on him, of course, but I'm very curious to see if if he's could be an answer there or if they're going to have to go address that position. And I think that's the thing I'm curious about and, is just real quick. Even if he is good, they still have to address that position. 
thousand percent. Nobody ever said, but you still need more, but at least he gives you another answer and a potential answer inside. I think that's, and it's, it's asking a lot again for a guy who's inactive every week to go out there and just like, Oh my God, look what he did. Look at how he just pancaked, you know, Lawrence here, whatever. And that's, that's asking a lot. Right. And, and so we'll see, but if he shows you something that you can build on, then maybe it's another thing we could say, there's at least depth there. Get more competition, but at least this guy shown he could do this. So we'll see. I think that's what we're looking at. At the risk of having everyone tune out of this pod, I know it's January 4th, 2023, but what are the odds we'll see Chris Paul and Sam Cosme as the starting guards next year? Well, I think I think there's a good chance one of those guys will be there, and it'll be Cosby. Yeah, yeah. So, but, <laughs> I mean, you know, we'll see. I mean, but I, that's a good question. Well, that's a, that's a week three in the offseason kind of question yeah, that's that a, we will we'll get to visit this in training we'll revisit camp. that anyway that's sam 48 by the way i'm wishing my son matthew a happy birthday he's he'll be editing this one editing this video so happy birthday um great kid does a great job and this guy does a great job too sam tell people where they can find him. happy birthday matthew real quick uh at sam 4tr the s-a-m the number four t-r i think i almost forgot that uh but thank you very much all right thanks for tuning in and i will be back on Friday night slash Saturday morning with keys and prediction for the finale, which sounds ridiculous to do, but I'm going to do some different kind of keys and predictions because honestly, whatever, right? Anyway, that's it for me. And I'll talk to you next time.